What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of That Creative Life. I have a dear friend on NDOK. I said your name weird. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That'll forever be in the in the podcast sphere. NDOK. I sound Woo. like a wrestler. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. But you're so far from a wrestler. <laughs> really far. Um, you do all the things. But this is like a super nostalgic kind of bittersweet moment because you're moving from new york i am and you're one of my first friends in new york really you know welcome to that creative life hi my name is sarah dici and i am your host i talk with artists youtubers ceos and everyone in between i hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life enjoy tell the people a little bit about yourself and then i feel like it'd be fun to just explore how we met and your career transitions and doing art why you're moving to portland all the things but everything tell me a little bit about yourself india k oh man um as the years have gone on i find it really hard to condensely say what i do because i feel like i do (laughs) so much you're multifaceted i'm multifaceted yeah i'm I'm multi-talented it's really hard to compliment myself but i am (laughs) multi-talented you are you are Uh, i'm an artist i'm a producer i'm a photographer i recently just quit a job at an agency uh to make my move to portland but i was a producer there making podcasts videos short form video content long form video content um everything in between and then in what my free time, I don't know how I find free time, but in my free time, I was also an artist, still am an artist, making installations, photography. Um, oh, man, I have a small like clothing line that I screen print. Uh, yeah, I do a lot, but mainly I like to say I'm an artist, uh, really enjoy doing that and making work mm-hmm. and a writer. Yeah. What's so fun about, I mean, one of my favorite things about New York is everyone who you meet, no matter if they, you know, their day job is at an agency or what have you, they're always doing something on the side, which I feel like is always really fun. Um, But yeah, so I, let's take it back. I met you at Vayner, but I also had... Was it Nashville? Why were you in Nashville? I, I was in Nashville. Even, I don't even yes. like remember what happened. I, I remember like it would be fun to connect the dots. Yeah. So I, you sent Gary an email, Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk, my former employer. boss, employer, who I love. How do we add perspective? Like you were the question person yeah, of so the show Ask Gary V. The Ask Gary V show. I was the producer and asked the questions. I was supposed to be on the sidelines, but slowly got pulled into the shot. The more and more yeah <laughs> gary you, yelled at me <laughs> you were like the second most famous person of the ask gary v show because you're on the side on your computer like, yeah okay this person asked and then the camera would occasionally pan to you exactly so exactly. you were india from the ask gary I was india show. from ask gary v got stopped on the street a lot which was yeah. really strange um <laughs> gary one of gary's favorite stories to tell has at one time someone was in my apartment building <laughs> being like i know you from ask gary v i think i'm in your apartment building because i used to post like a photo on stories and oh snapchat like gosh. in my lobby because my lobby had a really good mirror so you know daily outfit shots if you find someone uh that you admire or know from the internet and you're in their apartment building it's kind of creepy yeah to be like i'm in your apartment building just like don't acknowledge that you recognized it from <laughs> yes my stories just be like to yourself like oh that's cool that's this girl's apartment building but don't like say it to yeah, me very strange um but, but yeah, yeah so you did got that. started at vayner you send gary an email yeah um talking about the video you did so that i was... made a viral video about casey yep. neistat and <laughs> as people know and it was funny because I had been watching Gary for a little honestly for almost like 
probably six months to a year at that point. But we had the same amount of subscribers. So after I uh, made that viral that video, so it was crazy. I love that. I had 100,000 subscribers. He had 100,000 subscribers. And so, you know, he's always talking about value and da 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 and I was like, <laughs> we have the same amount of subscribers. And, you know, he wasn't he wasn't what he is now. What he is now is just insane. I don't even yeah. know how to put into words, you know, over six, seven million followers on Instagram, mm-hmm. 2.5 million on YouTube. So he wasn't that personality yet. So I felt like I still had a chance to like, you know, get some access. So I sent him an email and the the subject line was like girl from viral Casey Neistat video or something. And he literally responded to me in like five minutes yeah. at 10 PM. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so it's basically like, Hey, if I'm, I'm going to be on your show and you can be on my show. And that's how I met India. I flew to New York cause I mm-hmm. wasn't living in New York at the right, time. Yeah. I was living in Nashville. Nashville, flew to New York just to be on the ask Gary V show. And then, yeah, I met you. I met mm-hmm. the team and it yep. was so fun. It was so cool. I mean, you guys were like, so chill so welcoming Aww. it was so cool to meet you and d-rock and i think both tyler and andy were andy was on the team there. Yeah, was me, i don't andy know if tyler d-rock. was there. yeah i don't think tyler was aj's assistant then okay. i believe it might so have just he was around but yeah andy was we were a really small team then gary's team is like almost 30 people now it might be 30 people yeah and we were five people so wow. it was really tiny really fun small operation yeah and i went after you did the show which was great by the way it's an amazing episode you guys should go back i think it's like in the hundreds and now there's like 400 something Crazy. so go just search ask gary v sarah Dici. yeah yeah um i went down to nashville because vayner has an office in chattanooga yeah. and i so wanted to check it out down there yeah had some friends we went to nashville for the weekend and then we hung out and you took me to one of the coolest coffee shops I've ever been to in my what life actually it was in an old like auto barista garage parlor? yes barista parlor yes it's awesome I'm telling you guys Nashville it gets a little boring but one thing that it does have is amazing coffee yes, shops it does. and barista parlor is a sick spot yeah it's basically in this just like random white warehouse yep. they keep the garage doors open Gorgeous. they have like motorcycles yep. um that was super fun and then what I always remember from that moment was I was like sick I'm like hanging out with these cool like agency people <laughs> and we're like uh I think we like hung out on like an abandoned uh plane. oh yeah we went to that abandoned plane hangar yes yeah and that was the first time ever that I ever gotten recognized from YouTube really yeah that was, was the there. first day yeah oh my god and I was like hanging out with you guys and then these random two people come and I'm like are you Sarah are you Sarah Dici? I was like oh my god oh, this is so cool you're like it's happening it's I can't happening. believe I was there for that moment that makes me yeah. really happy yeah I think I remember you telling me that like, you were like that's the first time that's happened yeah. and I was like well you're so on a, yeah. it was super crazy that's crazy but yeah I mean what I always found interesting about you is you have this nine to five, you do your own things, but you travel a lot, mm-hmm. which I always thought was super cool because it kind of proves that, I don't know, you can still have a social life, <laughs> even you if you're trying to do all of these things, yeah. which has travel always been a big part of your life. Yeah. I always like to say it was kind of infused in me since I was little because when I was six months old, my parents took me on a trip around Europe. My parents uh, work for symphony orchestras and it was a tour. So I was six months old. I shared a passport with my mom, which I didn't know you could do when you were little, but I guess you can just be like, this is my kid. Like you can have like an add on on your passport. Um, So I went around Europe with her and I think that just like little trip that I went on kind of like lodged itself in my brain at a young age, even though I had no idea what was going on. Don't remember anything from it. Um, But I've always just loved to travel and I always make it a priority. You know, it's not cheap. It's definitely, you know, a privilege to be able to travel, but 
the way I spend my money is probably mostly travel. My yeah. art making process is extremely simple and affordable, yeah. probably because I like to spend my money on most on other things. Um, and travel is one of them. Yeah, stuff maybe. Yeah, and it, it is inspiring, you know, to travel around, especially when you live in New York, and it can really feel like it's kind of bogging you down sometimes. Yeah. It's really nice to get out there and remind yourself, like, there's oh, there's other places in the world. Right. I don't oh, need to be here. New all York the time. can literally become its own planet. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been here for seven years? Yep, seven years. And like a couple weeks officially, seven years. Wow. But I'm saying seven. So what was your first, so you go to college. Where did you go to college? I went to Bennington College in Vermont, super small. When I went, it was like 700 kids. Um, Kids. They were, we were kids. Kiddos. (laughs) Kiddos, youngins. Um, And now, I think it's bigger now, but it was really small when I went. And that was one of the reasons I picked it. I mostly didn't like like any of the colleges I saw when I like traveled around with my dad. He like had a business trip in New York and like took me along. And I went to like NYU and then we went to like Boston and saw like Boston College, BU, Tufts. And I was just like, none of these schools are for me. They're huge. At Mm -hmm. Boston College, there had just been a football game and they all had like eagles drawn on their forehead. And I was like sports ball yeah I was like absolutely not yeah um but then I went to Bennington and it was super small it was like in the woods in Vermont in the middle of nowhere yeah. it was really intimate like everyone who was there seemed like really happy and excited to be there and I hated math and science and there were no pre-required courses mm-hmm. so that was cool yeah it was like a build your own major school cool so I really wanted to do that because my high school was kind of intense I went to an IB school which was like absolute hell don't send mean? your kid to an IB school. IB? IB is like AP for kids who want even more torture. Oh, um, it's the next. I didn't know there was another level yeah. after AP. I wish I didn't know. Um, my, my, my originally went to the school because it's a bilingual school. My mom wanted me to be bilingual. So I went to a French school, but they like offered the IB. And my mom was like, yeah, she'll do it. You know, but like I had terrible grades. My like motto in high school was C's for college because wow. I got so many yeah, C's. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but Bennington didn't care. Well, when the so high. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, so many kids like me, I was just trying to excel like on the most basic public school level if the, I can't imagine being in the step up yeah. and like trying to yep. feel like I'm validated and that I'm being somewhat successful yeah because a lot of things that happen in high school will literally affect the rest of your life I oh mean, totally I had this conversation with my mom a lot um she's very progressive in her thinking with high school where she doesn't think high school should actually be required um she thinks there should be other options outside of like a traditional high school experience and I actually agree with her I think college is already a big decision you're 18 I don't think anyone really can make decisions like that when they're 18 we think we can but it's hard and I think high school is even more like that like when you're 14 and you've just spent so much of your life in school in and out I don't know I don't know what the answer is but I do think that high school as it is now is like way too regimented and specific Mm -hmm. in France they have like different tracks of high school so you can take one that's like science and math heavy you can take one that's like sociology and economics heavier can take one that's literature heavy which like basically just read books for four years but yeah. I think once you have like the foundation down especially in the world we live in today where so much is on YouTube and like yeah. everyone has a calculator on their yeah. phone like not really necessary to like learn trigonometry when well, you're 15. Well and also because I know the um, um I'm talking so fast sorry. No girl it's just a fun combo but um I know with Europe, people kind of make the argument of, oh, like they put them in buckets early on, like then people don't, you know, have a chance to explore and blah, blah, blah. But school has gotten so intense to where like even in middle school, it's now gotten to the level of people are already taking pre-AP and sometimes AP classes. And then, you know, maybe in 
that's why I've never understood with college. Why are we still doing basics? Like I still understand the need for people to like still taste different things and taste different flavors in high school. But once you get to college, it's like, let people actually explore within the realms that they're Absolutely. interested in. Which is know? exactly why I liked college. Yeah. I don't know that many people who are as like happy to talk about their college experiences yeah. as I am. Like, Oh yeah. Cause I'm, I'm like, Ugh, college sucked. <laughs> I'm a college dropout. Screw college. But that's what I find interesting. Yeah. F it. You. Am I allowed to swear on this is podcast? You, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you don't you swear. Can. So I just have to check. You can be you. Right, and yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, no, fuck that's traditional me. colleges. Like yeah. they're not, I literally did whatever I wanted, which I think to a lot of parents can sound horrifying. Like, Oh, you're, we went to school and paid a ton of money to do whatever you want. But like I'm, I was 18 years old, like mm-hmm. making a decision that put me into a bucket would be way, way more detrimental mm-hmm. than just letting me explore who I am. Like if you are, have the resources to go to college or you can take out a loan and like feel confident about the decision. Like I took out a loan for my last year. Like I'm still fine with that decision. Almost done paying it off. Can't Heck wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's, I think it's really healthy yeah. and it's way so how more many healthy. Years? Was it still a four? It was year? still four years. Okay. Um, every year you had to like at the end of the year, basically present why you were going to take your classes in the next year. Like, here's oh. why I think these classes will be good for me. You had like a committee of professors you met with. So they would give you some advice here and they're like, maybe that class isn't quite right for you. Yeah. Maybe you should try this. No one ever really told me to take like math or science. I actually took a science class on my own about the science of cancer, um, just of my own volition. Yeah, I barely understood a thing, but I was like, I'm trying this, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but mostly so what a lot were of like the painting. check marks then to like, yeah. in order to get a degree in XYZ, you have to do this go to school for four years <laughs> so it's basically um, like more like no, based yeah. on hours yeah maybe, so we did pass then... fail you could get grades if you wanted um but mostly you just had to like pass your classes and that was it and there were kids a lot of people dropped out my first year like at the end of the first year they dropped out hmm. the retention rate's kind of low there I think because people get there and they're like oh I can do whatever I want this is great but it's actually really hard to stay motivated when th- decisions aren't being made for you like mm-hmm. every year to sit down and be like oh what am I doing here what do I really want to focus on like I have to pick these classes myself right. I have to prove that I deserve to be in them that right. I want to take them well that's an interesting point because I think a lot of people go to college to continue the autopilot totally you know absolutely and I think that's why if you're someone who I'll say I think college is a good place to explore if you don't know what you want to do right I think yes. where people get tripped up is they go to an out-of-state college where it's 60k a year they rack up debt to explore. Like you can't do that. Totally. Right? Yep. Um, but you can, that's where I feel like you need to take an initiative to figure out what you want to do in life. But probably where people got screwed over at a college like yours is like, they want people to make decisions for them. They want to plug into a track yeah. and just keep going. And they want to do the bare minimum. Right. I think right. that's another in life in general, the bare minimum can get you by, but you probably will have a boring life. Right. Um, yeah. Who wants that, man? Yeah. Some people <laughs> like want it. I'm so like, that's cool. What was, first of all, what kind of college is this called? Like, I don't know. It was just a, we just had a graduate like a bachelor of arts like a basic okay. four-year college it's a liberal arts college okay but I don't know if there's the word specifically for like right. do do your own major right right I, well yeah. I think the lesson though is like there's so many things out there and there's so many different things you can do just like be curious and go look up you know like community college state college liberal arts college uh you know these coding camps like there's so many yeah. different things to do you have options Don't especially feel like you today have to fit into this mold totally you know? so you went to college <laughs> I had no idea that you went to that fancy high school thing didn't even know that was a thing Ugh. I'm very impressed not worth it not worth the and money. so you went to a liberal arts school 
how was the next step New York? Uh, <laughs> all my friends were here. Okay. And I didn't want to be alone. And I th- what year was this? 2012. Okay. I went back to San Francisco for the summer. I had a boyfriend yeah. at the time who lived yeah. in Vermont still. He still went to the college that I went to. He was like a couple of years below me. Tried to move here. Didn't make it. <laughs> um, couldn't. I thought I had an apartment. It fell through. Thought it's I got a job. It's really hard. Didn't find a job. And since I didn't have any money or an apartment or a job, I just went back to San Francisco where my parents were. Stayed there for another month. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm just living at home. I can't. In retrospect, I really regret not taking my time, though, to get out here. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it's really rare to have limitless time in your life where your expenses are pretty much zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have done... Like, I, I think there's a lot that I could have done with that time, but I was just so eager to get to New York because I thought everybody was doing that. Yeah. Like, a lot of my friends were already out here. Yeah. Again, I, like, missed my boyfriend. So a lot of, like, factors went into me trying to, like, emergency move here kind of. But in retrospect, I wish I had taken my time a little bit more. Um, because those times in your life are so valuable around after high school, around college, after college. Mm-hmm. No one if people are judging you screw them like just live with your parents for a couple of years if that's yeah. what it takes to like if you can totally. live out the rest of your life if you can you oh know? absolutely um I definitely would like yeah. do that like that again <laughs> um so I came here got an apartment finally got a job American Apparel R.A.P. It was great. <laughs> I mean, American it wasn't great. Carol. I worked on the Upper East Side location and everybody that came in was either like an Upper East Side mom, like very in a rush to get to yoga, or it was like a Upper East Side high schooler who was skipping school and like really rude. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me, I'm making $9 an hour. You cannot yell at me. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, how do you, any successful New York parents who can raise a non-brat on the Upper East Side I feel like that's like a secret formula good congratulations you. if yeah. you can do that you're a yeah. good person all I think is gossip girl <laughs> it was basically like that like I was like shouldn't yeah. you guys be in school yeah um, so American Pearl how American long did you work there I was there for three months okay. and then my friend was already working at Vayner and uh she told me to apply I was I looked at the website I was like is this even a real company yeah. like the website was non-existent because at that time they had like 100 employees yeah like 100 150 okay and we were on Park Avenue in a flat iron so I went in for an interview they emailed me like three days later they were like yeah come work for us and I was like woohoo healthcare yeah. salary I did yeah. it I made it yeah <laughs> but little did I know it would take like another two years to really be comfortable here and like feel right. about myself um so what yeah. was that first role I was a community manager okay. so I was uh sitting on brand pages like responding to people and this was back in the day when Facebook like had so much engagement yeah. and there was no like ad platform really yet. So it was all about community, all about community. The algorithm was for everyone. Like yeah. I worked on the Quaker Oats page for a while and it got every post on Quaker Oats got like 400 comments a day. So basically our one goal was to make content that drove comments and engagement. Wow. So it'd be like, like this post if comment if, and then Facebook was like, mm, you can't do that. And they were like, if your post contains these words, like comment if, like if, we'll like deprioritize it in the feed. Interesting. And, I and think, that's when it all began. I think that's when they were like, oh, wait, we control the algorithm. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. We should make them pay for the algorithm. And that's when ads became a thing. And that's when social media was ruined. Thanks for coming Thanks to my Thanks for TED coming talk. to this podcast. <laughs> See you later, India. Well, no, because you had an inside look on that and you were interacting as a brand Mm -hmm. and it seemed like that changed pretty quick and as a community manager and as someone who I'm sure there's a ton of roles out there in agencies that people still play 
how did that role shift and did it change at all? Did your priorities shift how you interacted with people or did you just try to like, you know, comment with now the five comments that you were getting? I mean, like how did that change things? It definitely made community management less of a priority, but now community management was more about like drawing insights from the community and like, what are people interested in? Like what's performing well? Cause before it was just like volume of content, like post as much as you can. And now it was like, we need to be more thoughtful with our posts. Like not that we weren't thoughtful before, but I feel like it just became like, we need to be more careful and just like really think about what we're posting and like what like would be interesting for people to see, like what's going to drive the most engagement. And then like running ads became huge. Of course, like I became a copywriter after I was a community manager and like writing content base. Basically I became like a copywriter for writing ads. Like we still post it almost every day on like Twitter and Instagram for them. But um, like Nilla wafers was one of my copywriting clients and we like did a special like ad test where we like customized the copy in the ad based on the region we were targeting. So like, for Minnesota, it was, like, something about, like, I don't remember what it was specifically we said, but, like, it was different for every, like, region we were targeting. Like, the Midwest had one, the East Coast had one, West Coast had one. Um, and that, I think, was when I realized, like, oh, like, social media advertising can be really cool. You can reach, like, a really specific audience, but I've just grown it's kind of, like, thing. yeah, and that was when it was new, and we still thought it was, like, this great thing, but I've just become kind of, like, disillusioned with especially Facebook marketing. Well, it's... Because you, you know, you're inside an agency, you have a job to do for these brands, but then I'm sure in the back of your mind too, and anyone who works at an agency, you're, you're seeing how, okay, well, how does this affect me? If I want to sell a shirt, wow, now I'm going to have to think about all these things. Mm -hmm. You know, if I want to make art and I need to drive engagement, well, wow, I'm competing with brands that have all this money. I don't have money to buy Facebook ads on the level of, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, was there any moment where you would kind of take what you were doing in the agency and be like, oh, this is how I can apply it to me? Or was it just so two separate worlds that you just treated completely differently? I mean, I don't know. It'd be weird because I guess for me, my work is my life. My life is work. And there's no, everything just blurs, Mm. right? But you were working on the level of like fortune 500 brands so it must have been interesting to see kind of the insights that you drew from that I mean yeah it was pretty separate for me only because I was never like running ads for myself or like the things I learned was like oh that engagement is important that if you like use the platform as much as possible they'll probably like prioritize you in the feed because they're like yeah like they're using the platform but everything changes so quickly and I think one of the thing I learned the most was if you have an audience that like cares about you, you're pretty much invincible. Mm. Um, if you like have a bunch of followers that are kind of gained from like placing ads or like, you know, click farms, click farms, bots, of course, are like completely useless. There's a, an influencer right now who's getting super called out because she has a million followers and a huge deal with Nordstrom and like she's using bots. So it's just like all this stuff where like now we're getting into the space where like influencers are getting money and investment from like actual investment companies and actual like, corporations but like we don't even it's people still don't even know how to tell if an audience is real or not Mm -hmm. like the fact that like Nordstrom invented invented invested in this person and they like have bots on their page and you can just look like you or I could go look and like know in a minute is like crazy right so I think that like an engaged audience is really the most important thing and you can run as many ads as you want but like it's really hard to convert someone from an ad um the thing that I care about is like if you have a podcast like go on other people's podcasts Mm -hmm. like go like talk to other people who have communities and like 
get into their world, like yeah. siphon some of their audience. Like that's really the best way to do it now, I think. Mm. And I think there's still a place for the ads and like some things work for it, but mainly like we really need to like own our audiences and like Cherish get the them into their own like yeah, yeah. Have a newsletter too or something. It's like way more ownable than a lot of things. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why influencer marketing just hits so hard because the people who do have genuine audiences, you know, with everything, there's going to be a certain level of smoke and mirrors. Whenever you see a new industry pop up, ways to make money, people are going to extort that. And yeah, I think that's why these certain communities were born because people seek out real connections. They they don't necessarily want to follow a brand. I mean, Wendy's, Whataburger changed the game on following brands on Twitter, but Traditionally, people want to follow people. They want to have real interactions and they mm-hmm. want to build community. And uh, I think it's it's really easy for, I mean, I think it's just brands being lazy. I mean, like, look at the comments. Like, if it's just, oh, go subscribe and like to my page, follow for follow. Like, I think it's pretty easy to tell yeah. out there who's real. It's kind of just the brands being lazy. I mean, True. every time I'll, I'll screenshot someone when, uh, you know, if companies don't understand, every time someone tweets at me and is like, oh, Sarah, I bought this laptop because of your video. Oh, Sarah, I bought. It's like there's people out there who are literally influencing $2,000, $3,000 purchases. And then, like, that's why companies sponsor people. Because, like, and that's why influencers kind of have to have a, um, a certain level of, like, who they accept sponsorships to. And there is a certain thing where, like, you have to feel like it resonates with your audience and you, and it's kind of truthful because you are selling stuff. You are using your platform yep. to vouch for things. And it's just an interesting world. It's I hate calling myself an influencer. It's probably the most cringy word that has ever <laughs> oh, existed. Yeah. Creator. I'm a creator, India. I'm a creative. I'm a creative. Even the word producer now, I'm like, I'm a producer. But I'm like, even that is turning into one of those words where, like, it could mean anything. Right. Creative director. Right. Well, and know, yeah. you've, you've evolved in so many different roles. And so you went from community manager mm-hmm. to then copywriter copywriter senior copywriter producer senior producer and that yeah. took seven years so yeah, yeah my, since my background is I made it sound like I finger painted all day in college <laughs> so since I did finger painting for a major <laughs> it's pretty amazing that I'm now a senior producer <laughs> um well, what was your favorite thing in everything that you did at Vayner yeah I loved my most recent job. Um, Everything was pretty great. I really enjoyed my time there. But my most recent position being a producer, um, just going on shoots. And I produced a few podcasts. We did, like, video series for clients. And we were working with individuals instead of brands. Mm -hmm. We were working with, like, helping people kind of curate their personal brand. Um, That was really fun Mm -hmm. because, like, telling personal stories is so important. And that's also, again, like you said, like, influencers working with companies. to the brand. Totally, yeah. Yeah. So I loved that. And I love being on shoots. I traveled a lot in the last couple years. Just, like, again, like, I've been to so many different states for, Mm -hmm. like, random reasons now. But, like, I love them. um, And I love traveling. So that was really fun, too. Yeah. It's, It's crazy that now it's not one thing to just build up a company. But now there's, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but there's almost this expectation of having a personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. And now that's come into play what your job has been recently of literally taking an individual, whether they're a CEO, a athlete, you had some athletes, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And it's basically, they hire you guys. They have a team of what, three, four people, kind of like alternating thing, and you develop shows for them and you help produce yep. the content 
and wow it's amazing <laughs> that that's a thing now I know, you know but it's, it's so it's so valuable so I understand yeah it. and I think we what, one thing we learned in the company I won't speak for everyone who's working there now but um that like it can't just be anyone like I think like we were really specific about who we chose to work with because you know, you can have a personal brand, but like you need to be so invested in it and like ready to tell intimate stories or like be vulnerable. I think people only really want to follow someone if they're going to get like the real thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can't really be like superficial. You really need to have like a unique take on whatever you're doing or whatever you want to be doing. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. You got to be willing to be real, mm-hmm. which is scary yeah, for totally. some people. Yeah. And some people want to just put on the facade and be like, Look at this G wagon. Oh I rented God. it for a week. Tour Follow, of my million dollar home. Yeah, buy my online course. It's like, oh, online courses, man. Oh. Some of them are great. I gotta some say, some are great. Yeah, there are some good online courses out there, but gotta be, gotta be choosy. Exactly. It's this weird uh, world that we live in, where the internet's so great because you can learn anything and everything, but yeah. also people take advantage of that oh to God, be like. Yes. I have 10 different paywalls and like pay $5 now, but then like later on pay 500 and then like the final thing is a thousand. It's so I feel like weird. getting through the whole course and at the end it's them being so like, unlock the last yeah. like thing for this much. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I understand people can offer a ton of value and I'm sure there's courses out there that are amazing. A lot of YouTubers have their own course, but um, yeah, I have a Skillshare course, but yeah. that's also something that you can sign up for, for li- literally two ninety nine, Yeah. And get an unlimited amount of creative courses, Skillshare, creative live. There's yep. so many good things out there if you want to learn. It's true. Um, and like, yeah. if you have a business already, like you should be making content because like, you know, like Gary has VaynerMedia and he gives away all of his like, stuff for free and because he has like these other projects he's working on so he has like the you know he's lucky enough to be able to share all of that for free I think that's really cool like if you have a business and you're like doing great there's like no reason why you shouldn't be like trying a little content here and there right try it on you know the content yeah so how has that affected your personal life of you know the content you make art you make photos but then there's this pressure of content the content (laughs) you know okay you're a photographer you make art you make merch but like oh the pressure of the content I gotta put out all these Instagrams all the time man it's even more side hustle I know I guess content is your job and then you go home and you're like oh Oh I need to make I need to make content for myself I have so many like thoughts about Instagram and the algorithm and posting and it's just like this is the perfect place to share them I am even trying now to just like wrap my head around what I'm trying to say, but like Instagram has been really amazing for me. I didn't join it thinking I'm going to build an audience here. I joined it because I got a smartphone and I was really excited finally to have a smartphone. And I was like, Oh my God, I can have Instagram now. But just through like meeting other people who are using it for their business or their art or, you know, whatever they're trying to do on the platform and kind of like building up my small but mighty audience on there. I was like, oh, this is a real platform where opportunities can come to me. Like, the way I got my Urban Outfitters deal mm-hmm. was through yeah. Instagram. Like, someone DM'd me and was like, oh, we'd love to, like, make a line with you. Like, I work for Urban Outfitters, which is so cool. Um, Tell me a little bit more about that because that was awesome. Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, I basically just got to create, like, four to five pieces for them um, in a line that became, like, the India K line mm-hmm. at Urban Outfitters. It was in, like, stores around the world, which was really, really awesome. And what were the products? It was two glasses and then like a glasses. neon sign. They're, like, um, like I don't remember what they're called. They're just, like, glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cu- yeah. Uh, a cup. And then, um, a ne- uh, like, a banner, a hanging sign, which was kind of my modus operandi. And then a neon sign that mm-hmm. I re- I'm really fond of that I 
I, I like kept two of them for myself That's that they awesome. sent me because I was like, oh my what God. was the neon sign one? What did it you say? said uh, tender, yeah. um, which I also make a lot of like shirts and like pants and stuff that say tender on them it's kind of one of my favorites I have a tattoo that says tender why Um, why does that word tender well for me there's an artist named Jenny Holzer who I really really love she's a text-based artist as well and her kind of her entire not her entire like work because a lot of her work is about different things but one of the things she talks a lot about is how being tender is uh really important and really healthy for yourself because if Mm -hmm. you treat yourself with a lot of tenderness you'll be able to kind of enter the world in a much more (laughs) relaxed is the wrong word but you'll be able to approach the world in a much more um soft way Mm -hmm. and you'll give other people the benefit of the doubt you'll you know be more empathetic um I think like I can't remember the name the the sentence exactly but hers it's like like it's very like important to be tender to yourself, you know, to just remind yourself that the world is harsh and you shouldn't be so hard on yourself all the time. Um, so that word to me just reminds me to be, you know, to be easy on myself and, and easy on other people. Um, so I love her work a lot. She inspires me a ton. Um, the marquee that's like down the street from you reminds me of her work a lot too, actually. Mm, yeah. Um, Doton so yeah. space. Yeah. Doton yeah. space. Um, so that's she's awesome. Great. So that came about literally posting your work on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Someone worked at urban. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. Her sentence is you owe it to yourself to find a way to be very tender. Mm-hmm. I believe it's something like that. And I really like that. That's okay, good. Continue. That's good. Um, made this so, space for myself. Yeah. You putting out and see, that's, that's what I think people need to, um, realize is even there's always going to be some someone with more followers more likes than you but things happen when you just put out your stuff mm-hmm. you yeah know? absolutely I mean like the life that you live you meet so many people you interact with them on social media in a way that is impossible to interact with people in a physical space you just can't possibly meet and see as much stuff exactly in the physical world so there's so like serendipity is just like elevated to this next level on social media mm-hmm. to where even if you're not hitting the metrics you want I mean people will see your stuff and it sounds like that that you know you're posting your stuff it was good people you know were being affected by it and then this person came along. Does she work at Urban? So she yeah, was he did. the person, um, or he? Yeah, he worked at Urban in their, like, artist partnerships program. Cool. Um, so I was kind of part of, like, a group of other artists who all had artist edition lines that it was, awesome. like, last summer now. Um, so that, yeah, it was really cool. I just, I totally agree. Like, if you're just being yourself and, like, putting stuff out there. I never think when I'm making something, like, oh, I'm making this for Instagram. But I share what I make on Instagram. And then sometimes I'll post, like, a photo of myself that's obviously meant for Instagram. But... I think I just like adhere to different like tenants that I kind of decided were like what I wanted to be on the platform and I just keep doing those things and even now like I have only been posting once every couple weeks I'm kind of on like a mini Instagram hiatus Mm -hmm. um and it just makes it like so much easier because that way when you do post you're not like "Mm, like what should I like say like I don't know it's just like you just like say whatever like you don't have to like craft a caption or whatever right. you can just be like right. oh well my platform is for me so I can unless do that's I want. your thing and then don't care about the picture yeah. and write the dopest caption that you've ever written <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know? or like yeah if you want to use your Instagram and be like a curated influencer personality and get a ton of like business and you want to make money that way like fine like I'm not like being like Instagram is for artists like yeah. it's just like it it also can be a place where you literally don't have to do anything and yeah. if you like just put whatever is out there you could you un- use build an audience somehow yeah and, yeah uh, isn't true how was that experience uh with urban outfitters it was great um yeah, yeah they literally 
So I, is it basically you licensing your art to them? I actually created like original work okay. for them. Um, I didn't actually physically like make the products. So I sent designs for them and kind of mocked up how I wanted them to look. And then they produced everything. Um, so that was really cool because I would never be able to like make glasses. Um, right. I mean, I could, but it's like really expensive. Right. When they have the infrastructure to totally. and out. put it out in all the stores. So I basically just sent them a bunch of, per- they were like, make whatever you want. It just has to be homeware because I was working with their home department. Um, and so I sent them a bunch of ideas. I was like, here's an idea for a neon sign, a few ideas for glasses, an idea for a mug, an ashtray, and then we should make a banner because yeah. that's what I do. And they were like, yeah, we love these like four. This is great. And that was it. That's so so cool. basically got to do whatever I wanted, which is really, really Did awesome. Did they give you numbers, like how many stores it was in, how many they were making? They actually didn't. Um, so I'm not really sure, but only the glasses went on sale. Everything else kind of like sold out. So that was cool. Nice, nice. Um and I found a couple of the glasses like a few months later in a store and I was like, oh my God, that's I still awesome. have like a few here. But yeah, people were like sending me photos of myself. Like they put up a photo of me with like my stuff that was for sale. And people were like sending me that from like that's all over so the country. Cool. I know. I was like, oh my God, it's me. That's something <laughs> that would definitely be a moment of like, look, mom. Look, I know. Dad, I was I so excited. It. It's like, and it's hard because I think opportunities like that only come around, you know, once in a while. And I worked on it for like six months. Yeah. Like I got the opportunity I think in like September of like 2017, the line came out in July of 2018. So it was a really long time in the making. And I, one of the things I don't like about Instagram is I think people get the impression that like everyone's doing stuff all the time. Right. And so you're like, I have to do something. You got to keep up. Got to keep up. I have up to make something. Quo. Yeah, like I haven't made anything in like a month right now, and I feel like shit because I'm like scrolling through Instagram and I'm like, oh my god, everyone's like doing all this cool stuff. So I. I've tried not even to like look at my feed or like stories and just share for a little bit because I just can't deal with it. And I think it's one of the things that's really detrimental about social media. But like that Urban Outfitters thing took me so long to con- to go over contracts, to sign the contracts, to make the work, to go over revisions. Like Art's work. Yeah. It's yeah. like you don't get something all the time. Like right. especially when I'm trying, I like to make original work for whatever I'm working on. Like I don't like to just be like, yeah, here's like a piece I made two years ago. I'm like, no, I want to make something new. So when that is part of it as well, like everything is slowed down. Um, so that's one thing about Instagram that I think can be a really tough for anyone, not just yeah. artists. Yeah. Like you can be at your desk job and your friends like in like Corsica or whatever. And you're like, oh my God. What they all say, don't compare your real life to other people's highlight reels. You okay. never know what's going on okay. behind the scenes. Exactly. Uh, some of the best advice I've ever gotten was, well, the way I frame that seems like I'm BFFs with her. I was interviewing Issa Rae. What the a... hell? I just watched such a funny movie with her. <laughs> really? Little. It was so funny. Oh, you posted about that on I actually Instagram thought it was story. great. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Love her. So she started on YouTube. And I was interviewing her for this uh, AT&T thing, like this uh, film festival. And I was like, as a YouTuber, or as a former YouTuber now, she's making shows and movies. She's like on so cool. the next level. She's amazing. Um, but I was like, as a former YouTuber who went through it and look, you're successful. Like you did it. What's advice for YouTubers who want to like do things beyond the platform or, you know, and it was kind of on par with what you just said. Like you have to be, you can't just take what you did on one social media and then just like pitch that. It's so much more valuable when you can have your own unique ideas that fit for certain projects, for certain platforms. Um, You know, something that you might work on that's on a show maybe isn't the best thing to be an urban outfitter. So if you're able to be nimble and really like have the the foresight and the uh, 
knowledge to just design for these certain circumstances like I think that's the better move like she was like don't just take a series that you did on YouTube and pitch that for TV like that's dumb that's the same thing like you you got to have new fresh ideas and I was like oh it's actually really good advice you know I never thought about that because yeah every idea I've ever had was just like okay picture this what I've already done but on a different platform yeah like, no man yeah it's got to be switched up. And I think it's uh, it's a lot, maybe harder or easier, I'm not sure. But when, like, my work isn't necessarily rooted in anything digital. Like, I like I like Instagram. It's physical. Yeah. yeah, it is physical. And people are always like, you know, I've been interviewed so many times. I've been interviewed so many times. No, I've oh. done so many interviews where people are like, oh, like, you're you're very, like, Tumblr. Like, your art's very Tumblr. Or, like, they, like someone called my art, like, Instagrammable once. And it was like, yeah, I started making this exact form of installation art that I love making in college when Instagram wasn't even like a thing yet you know so like I have concepted this idea and it goes so far beyond like just like I think right. it's cool to put a quote on Instagram like it's well it worked out that you know it is uh zeitgeisty yeah I would say you can't it's something that you stumble upon it's not something that you really can be like oh that's in now that's going to be my entire brand because then right. that's just phony yeah it's phony right? and I think like you know you're obviously going to be in, influenced by things that are happening in the world and the cultural zeitgeist as you said but like yeah. in the end like you kind of have to bring your own ideas to the table right so you've been in New York for seven years you've gone through agency life you've <laughs> done the art and now you're moving I'm moving you're moving to Portland I am what are some why why are you leaving me you're right I'm staying good Okay. <laughs> Yay, that was easy. Um, I'm leaving because New York is expensive. Yeah. New York can be really stressful. It's people put their trash just on the street. Like our trash <laughs> just goes on the street and I don't get it. I have lived here for seven years. I'm still like, we need to figure this out. That there's just trash on the street. Many things, yeah. Um, I just, I'm ready for a change, and I'm from the West Coast originally. I miss it. I miss the access to nature out there. I miss the slower-paced lifestyle. I think New York is so good for someone in their 20s. Like, I really did thrive here. I think the work environment and, you know, how everyone is just hustling all the time and so busy, it's so good when you're, like, just graduated from college and you need that kind of, like, fire under your mm -hmm. ass to really get started. Like, yeah. definitely keeps you motivated. But I'm about to be 30. I'm motivated. Like, yeah. I'm an adult. I yeah. know what I need in life. Like, I know how to do stuff on my own. I don't need, like, you know, the pressure of New York to, like, keep me busy. Um, and I just am definitely ready to, to leave. Yeah. Um, I'll really miss it. Like, it's such an amazing city. Yeah, like I said, I think if you're in your 20s, it's hard to find a place that's better, especially because there's just so much opportunity. There's so much to do. You'll never be bored. Um, but yeah, I just don't want to have roommates when I'm like 35, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Portland seems like a cool city, though, because there's it's way more affordable, a little smaller, but mm -hmm. there's also so many companies out there. There really is. There's a lot of things happening, and... I mean, it's, I'm excited for you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it, there are, is a lot going on. It's yeah. a very busy city despite being small and, you know, a lot calmer. People are, people are really friendly. I was just there uh, this week to kind of like scope it out and have a few interviews. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, everyone is so friendly, like mm -hmm. makes eye contact, which I'm not used to. I'm used to being like, thanks. I'm like grabbing my Where's chain. Where's my phone? Like, yeah. And... and people were just like, 
like I was in this furniture store and this guy was like, oh, are you looking for a couch? Because I was like sitting on all the couches. I like love retro couches. <laughs> um, and I was, he's like, looking to buy a couch. And I was like, oh, I'm just like looking around. I'm, gonna, like, I'm trying to move here. And he was like, oh, he like sat. And he was like, oh, where are you moving from? Tell no, me I about have, your I life. know my realtor that I just got my apartment was amazing. Her name's Pamela. Here's her email. You should tell her that like Nikki sent you. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like so overwhelmed like by how much everyone just wants to help each other and, right. and be supportive. And yeah, it's just, it's a really like positive vibe there. Right. That's good. That's good. Will you miss me? Even though we don't hang out a lot, but yeah, I still but when we do, you it's one like... of my good friends. <laughs> are you are you kidding? Of course, <laughs> of course. I'm so like honored to be your friend. Honestly, oh, watching you grow you. has been it's been so amazing. You, yeah, I mean, you've been been there since the New York beginning for sure. Yeah, your first apartment. You've come so far. I'm glad you got to see the the. We grimy... got ready for the Shorty Awards we there together. Did. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It's been a crazy three years, I guess, because that first apartment was the epitome of just me being stubborn, wanting to be in the middle of the action. I don't care if I have to live right next to Penn Station. I don't care if it's Yeah, gross. I didn't say anything. I was like, yeah, she'll... <sighs> if she wants to be there. Yeah. You were by my office, just, at least. Yeah, <laughs> right by Vayner. But that was so disgusting. My first apartment was disgusting, too. Yeah, it's, it's something... If you come to New York and you're, like, already living in the ivory tower, then... Blech. yeah you'll be you'll i mean be good fine. for you yeah, yeah. If you but i feel like the gross apartment is a rite of passage it is so. it's definitely like a rite of passage and it's also something that i feel like if you live in new york it's like this collective bonding experience you know mm-hmm. so yeah actually, i love it but. it's so i'll be quick because i know we're ending but i it's so funny to say that because my friend who i had breakfast with in portland she was like are you gonna miss new york and i was like yeah i don't i don't think i'm gonna miss new york like i'll miss like breakfast sandwiches i'm gonna miss like bodegas bodegas like my friends but I was like but one thing I'm really gonna miss is like there's this like camaraderie in New York where Mm. everyone is just reminded daily that like they are not as important as the rest of the world because New York just finds ways to like beat you down and remind you that you're not you're insignificant and I love that and you'll be sitting on the subway and just be like oh my god I had like the worst day and you'll like see someone on the other side of the subway who's like the same and you're just like yeah New York and I was like I love that camaraderie and she was like that's so weird like she was like, maybe in Portland you'll bond with people over things that are good. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, maybe. But inside I was like, no. Well, it's one of those things where it really is a special, unique, the good and the bad. Nothing is like it, right? Like, yep. Nothing is like it. And so few people survive seven years. So take that badge of honor Thank and you. run with it because it yeah, is a my huge accomplishment. And I think you've done some really, really great stuff. And I'll miss you. I'll miss you too, but yeah. you got to come visit. Uh, of course. I'll I promise visit. there's cool stuff in Portland. Yeah, I've been there bef- once. Okay. Only for a day for a conference. Oh, nice. Um, and it was in the fall and it was really pretty. But Gorgeous I, didn't get, I didn't get to explore or do anything. Well, we will explore. I'll we'll take you to all the spots. We'll explore. Amazing uh, coffee. And I love coffee. Anywhere you go. Everyone hates me though because I really only drink iced coffee though. And apparently that's not – that's like very – I'm not cultured. You know, I only drink iced coffee, iced Americanos. No one's going to judge you there, though. People are the least judgy. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty okay. sure. Because, like, right. I think, yeah, you can, like, you, you can do a lot there, without I think, without being okay. judged. <laughs> so I can go to Portland and be my iced coffee I'm drinking self. iced coffee right now. Heck yeah. Delicious. Heck yeah. Well, India, thank you for being on. Check her Thanks out. Thanks for having me on. In the description below. Um, in the show notes 
India K on Instagram. No, Heartbread on Instagram. I'm Heartbread everywhere. Heart- every even on Twitter, you're Heartbread. Twitter is Heartbread. Okay. Instagram Heartbread. And that's amazing. all I have actually. So um, amazing. <laughs> So check her out, guys. Thank you so much for being on. Make sure to subscribe to That Creative Life on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places you can listen to it on thatcreative.life, the website. You could also join on my own YouTube channel, youtube.com slash where you can see the full video podcast if the you best. care about that. You could also subscribe to the That Creative Life YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash thatcreativelife where I post daily clips. I'm actually going to try to start like a off-season show as well to actually like You're have original busy. stuff on there. So uh, they have all the things to follow India, including at Heartbread. So at thank Heartbread. you so much. Bye, guys.